5: What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. Text us 865 658 5824. I'm joined alongside the beard himself, Mr. Jacob. Jacob getting a sip of that diesel right off the bat, man. I'll tell you this I am feeling better. I appreciate you asking, Mark. I know the voice doesn't sound like I'm feeling better, but we're definitely feeling better. Um, And I'll I'll tell you this, man. uh, Four shots of espresso will do that for you in the morning. Just got to get that diesel in you. And I've seen that cup, too, Jacob. You're drinking that black coffee, ain't you, man? Oh, yeah.
1: It's hazelnut, but uh, it's – All
5: right. I like it on us,
1: man. There you go. I like the coffee, like – never mind.
5: Hey, hey, easy now. Easy, man. It's my quarterback. All right. Um, we may have Tim. We may have Emilio jump in here shortly, too. We'll see. But I know the chat's already lit up. Hope everybody's having an awesome morning here on this Tuesday. Um, we got Zane Strong in here. We got Eric. So I was worried about Eric Sutherland. I hadn't seen him in an in a episode or two. Usually he's the first one in here talking crap. So. Yeah, he's in the house. He must be out of jail. He got bailed out. Uh, Peter Stone in the house. We got Chris in here. Uh, Ron Samble, Mike Berry, Andres. Uh, Mark Zambito. Yeah. And Mark, I appreciate you checking, buddy. We're feeling a lot better today, man. We're on the downswing. The, the fever keeps coming and going. Like I was telling the guys last night, we were sitting there doing the show. When we got done, my shirt was stuck to my chest. I was drinking. Hey. So that's, that's still kind of bouncing around with the medicine, but we're getting there, man. We're getting there.
1: Playing yeah, through good. the pain for you guys. Playing through the pain.
5: That's right, man pain it's hilarious and we're sitting here talking about football like this is a hard thing to get through right uh dead fish uh in the house good to see you buddy um yeah so let's uh let's see what we got in the chat here as far as questions right off the bat um andres coming right in hot says do you guys think darnell savage is gone i keep bouncing back and forth andres to be honest with you man um we're going to talk a little bit about savages measurements today and and the reason i want to look at it's because you know precedent is everything and first of all let me give you guys a warning. You may hear it. There is a horrible thunderstorm rolling through right now. So if everything goes out, you know what happened, okay? I didn't kill over on the keyboard from the flu. All right, it's because we got a really bad thunderstorm rolling through. But precedent is everything. So if you, if we want to kind of get a little bit of a a roadmap as to, um, you know, who we may or may not select in the draft. The measurables isn't everything. There's some people that they, they want to be draft experts and, and they want to put everything into the measure, put everything into the age and all that, right? Devontae Wyatt tore that whole age parameter down. We know he was 24 years old. They drafted him and all the guys that were saying, there's no way they're going to draft uh, Devontae Wyatt, you know, it, it doesn't mean it's everything. It does. It does put a lot into the equation. I say that because we can look at Darnell Savage's measurements and say, okay, this might be a good little blueprint, right? As far as a baseline, at least I would feel safe saying, of you know requirements that they would need to meet for them to draft one of these guys in the first round of safety. And I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you, Jacob, if they they end up drafting one of these lower guys in the first round. Over a and over extensions. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that Goody does too. You know, so um, we'll see though how it plays out. But do I think Savage is gone? Um, I think it's going to come down to the market. I know that's kind of a cop out. Um, I think it's going to it's going to be how hot is the market? If he goes into free agency and someone offers him seven million, I think he's probably gone. If he goes into free agency and somebody offers him four, I think Goody would probably come back and match it, maybe four and a half, five million at that fair market value spot. But what do you think, Jacob? You think uh, just on the surface, you think Savage is gone? I mean, yeah, we touched on
1: it last night. It's going to come down to, I think, the contract. Like, I'm not willing to pay the guy five to seven, but if that's his market value and somebody wants to throw $7 million at the guy, then thank you for your service and, you know, God bless you. But uh, I like the scenario more of what you kind of talked about. He tests the market, realizes he can get maybe three and a half, four. goody throws four, maybe four and a half, just to as an add-a-boy, and um, then we pick one up maybe in free agency, and then take a couple stabs in the draft. Maybe get my boy Bullock. Mm. Uh, I, uh, I was telling you before we went on live, I watched Cam Kitchens and uh, Kalen Bullock, I believe it is, and uh, yeah, there's a couple different guys there, but they're—I mean, honestly, out of the top five safeties, I'd be jacked to have any one of them. Specifically, I was watching that guy from USC. I think that one was Kalen Bullock, I believe, or whatever, but there uh, he was flying around, dude. It was all, all five of those guys are not afraid to uh, initiate hits, which I think we need. I'm so sick of watching. If I watch any more clips of the guys stopping oh, on their girl. heels, waiting for somebody to make contact with them, I just,
5: it yeah. drives me insane. So. Hey, I'm hoping that comes with this new defense, you know, and I think. Again, I don't think that Joe Barry and his assistants. I don't think anybody was like, "Listen, guys, when you know where the ball carrier is, hesitate." Okay, let's just be patient. I don't think he was teaching that. So I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that the new, you know, the new coaching staff there with Jeff Hathaway and those guys. He says he wants them to play fast. Right? Here's how my mind is firing as far as where they may play faster. You know, when you're playing match coverage your your brain has to compute what the receiver is running, and that's going to determine, that's going to dictate what your assignment is. If the two goes vertical, you're reading the two for him to go vertical. If he doesn't go vertical, now you've got to find the next the next you know piece of work, right? If you're not playing what, what Matt LaFleur refers to as a matchy coverage, if you're just playing man, you can key in on your guy and go, right? That's one positive. Now, we know man coverage is very, very vulnerable to explosive plays. If you're just playing, you know, country quarters or a spot drop, like a, a cover three spot drop where you're just covering a zone, you can be more aggressive. You know, here's my limits. Here's where I'm covering. This is the zone I'm covering. You can keep eyes on the quarterback, out your peripheral, watch that slot receiver, watch the back on an angle route coming out. You can play faster to the ball. So I think they're going to get away from match a lot more, and it's either going to be man coverage or spot drop, one of the two. So that, that excites me because I do think that will allow the players, the defensive players to play a lot faster. And that kind of lines up with what uh, coach Hafley's talking about. So I, I hope that's the case anyway. Um, yeah. We'll see how it goes. So Peter well, Stott His whole philosophy is that he wants to eliminate
1: the players having to think so that they can literally just use their God-given traits and just play football
5: fast and smart. Exactly, man. And you know, that's what, that's what makes some of the best players who they are. Is it, it, it there's no longer you're no longer thinking you're just reacting. Right. That's all you're doing. You're just it, everything is just see and react, see and react. Right. Um, as opposed to, OK, what if you've got a, an ounce of hesitation in anything you're doing, it doesn't have to be football. You're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to play fast. You're not going to be able to be that effective in your everyday job. If someone doesn't completely understand what they're doing, that's when you play scared. And that's when you make mistakes, right? And, and you know, the old adage if you're going to make mistakes, make them big. That means you were confident in what you see seen, may have been a mistake, but you were confident and there was no hesitation. I had a high school coach, uh, Coach Morris. He's in the, the Kentucky High School uh, Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, best coach I've ever had. Could be a total a ho, but man, that dude is, he is, he knows everything about the game. He would always, in his. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're over in Harlan County, Kentucky. So he's as redneck as they come, too. He'd get right in your face and do this, and he'd say, "He who hesitates is lost." He would always say that. <laughs> like, there's no in between. You either know what you're doing or you don't. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're you're crap. You're you know, yeah, I about said a bad word. You're you're out of luck. We'll just say that. Right? Ruining the so, bed. E- exactly correct. You are ruining the sheets. That's that's what's going on there. Um, and Jacob, just so you know, man, in the comments over there. If there's a comment you want to mark, you just star it, and then if you want to pull it up, you just click Show. So you see the star on the right when you hover over it. That's how you yep. do that. If you yep. want to, no big deal. It's nothing, nothing
1: from Eric, though. That's, a, that's now, a one yeah. You gotta
5: you gotta really second guess okay. Eric. So read it okay. three times before you put Eric Sutherland up. <laughs> all right. Peter Stone in the chat said, "Anyone know when we would get the measurements from the combine of the players?" It, this is where it gets tricky, too, Peter. <laughs> Excuse me. Um you got some guys that are gonna that that are gonna do everything. You've got some that are just gonna do some of the the drills, and then you got some that are opting out, and all they're doing is the interviewing process, right? Like I know Jaden Daniels, if I understood correctly, quarterback at LSU, he's just gonna do the interviewing process. I think Caleb Williams, same thing. And I know people like to dog on them. Like, well, I don't want that player. I don't blame them, man. You know, when you're when you're already projected to be that high, you can only hurt yourself. It is a business decision, right? Um, We, you know, if we're gonna look at it like when a player underperforms, cut them like they're not a human being, then we also got to see it from the other side too. I feel like, you know, we got to be fair on both sides. So I understand why people wouldn't perform. But to answer your question, um, that stuff's gonna start Thursday. If you'll stay, uh, if you'll stay up to date with Math Bomb on Twitter, okay. If you just type in Math Bomb. Uh, M-A-T-H, and I think the guy's name is actually Ken, and I think it's either Plate or Plotty. It's P-L-A-T-T-E. He does a really good job of putting the stuff into the RAS system as it comes in. He, he tries to keep up with it. I don't know how he does, to be honest with you, but that would be who I would key in on. He's going to give you the most up-to-date information. That's who I like to follow every year. So um, Yeah, but it should start Thursday as far as the guys who are going to participate and stuff, and, and they've got the position groups um basically scheduled for different days if that makes sense so since we're on that subject jacob and again anything you see in there just go ahead and mark it in the chat Yeah, um, Peter, followed you know, up.
1: he said he want he meant more heights and weights um oh I, yeah I, I, this it's an interesting dynamic man you, you think that that would be the easiest thing to track down if you go to three websites they'll give you three different heights and weights for these players kind <laughs> of annoying when yeah, you're trying to, I've, I've seen especially with certain players you know they're all over the place which is just stupid but um i know that for sure that's what i was hoping for is once they do the the weigh-ins i would have to assume that they'd be either that morning thursday or else they're doing it in the next day or two
5: yeah that that stuff should come in pretty quick i mean that's one of the first things they do right they run them through like cattle and have them you know get their measurements and everything and you know nope, nope, keep your heel on the ground sir all that you know everybody trying to get an extra which is funny i've got a video here from aaron Rodgers when he was at the combine he uh I think he measured in. It was 6'2", 220 or 6'2", 225. Check out this video, guys. What are measuring? Six 6'5". <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was 6'2", uh, two,
4: even, 223. You must be happy about that. That's, that's what I am. <laughs> Such a little.
7: Did
4: you work on that? Yeah, practice, yeah. I, I actually prayed to God last night. He gave me a couple inches, but I was only 6'2". Today you guys <laughs> i don't think it's a factor
5: is that not look, look at that face right there bro such a smug little <laughs> i love it He looks like he's 12 years old who is the supermodel too Do you, did you see that there was a uh yeah. i'm trying to think uh Melissa so wins the
1: TV, right? And he's like, you're going to come watch it with me or something? Yeah,
5: yeah. He, he, he literally shoots his shot right live on TV. He was cocky, man. That was one of the negatives of Aaron Rodgers, that people were like, I don't know if he's got kind of the attitude. And then the second he got looked over by 20, whatever it was, 23 other teams or whatever it was, 2021, 20, um, <laughs> all of a sudden he turns into this, all right, I'm going to prove everybody wrong, right? Go ahead, pull it up. You got it, Jacob. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> his, his
1: was here in the kitchen he, he looks like Lloyd Christmas
5: <laughs> Tim, Tim it's already off the rails dude how you doing this morning buddy?
6: doing good guys sorry I'm late
5: oh you're good man you, you came right on time you obviously we uh we ain't doing anything productive here we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and what, what was it he said? His mom cut his hair in the kitchen. Is that what? Yeah, is that yeah. what was <laughs> Who was it again, Jacob? I got to give him credit on oh, the podcast. Prince there you go. All right. Close enough. You heard it, guys. Um, yeah. And, and he's right. I mean, it looks like they, they put the bowl on his head and just went across the front, right? Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> exactly. That's that birth control haircut right there. You ain't getting nobody pregnant with hair like that, dude. It ain't going to happen. So, anyway, that's enough about Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, it's just to kind of show you how the measurements come into play. And, uh, obviously, him cracking a joke saying he was 6'5", you love to see it. Um, I was going to talk a little Rashawn Gary contract, um, but since we're on the draft first, let's just – let's continue down this vein, and then we'll come back to Rashawn Gary stuff here in a little bit. So, if we're talking about taking a safety fairly early, and you guys keep an eye on the comments for me, if you guys see something in there that we need to hit on, uh, definitely want to keep the comments involved for sure. Um, but Darnell Savage, right? We're talking about taking a safety early, and, and in most mocks, we'll take one. It, it seems like the majority of our mock drafts were taking them in the second round because we don't want to reach in the first. Although, if you want, if you want Tyler Newbin and he is your short, you know, shortcut slam dunk. Um, you know, top safety in the draft, you probably want to take him at twenty-five or trade down and take him there before you get to forty-one. He may be gone. Um, now we'll see what happens after the combine. He may measure up measure up like Dookie, and, uh, and all of a sudden drop right. But as far as the measurements go, this is a good a good measuring stick, if you will, on what the Packers may or may not do at safety. Darnell Savage obviously was he he checked out well enough for them to spend a first round pick on right. This was his measurements at the combine, okay. And it's a little bit hard to kind of keep up with because they do things in inches here and stuff. But so basically, um, this was in 2019. Obviously, his height was 70.75 inches. Does anybody know what that equates out to? I think we said it was was it five eleven that we said last night, guys? Was it 5'11? Am I thinking yeah. right? Somebody get his exact height up for me. Um, 198 pounds. So I mean, he was shy of 200, and they took him. So. Um, I don't think they're, they're dead set on a safety. has got to be above 200 pounds. Um, his BMI was at 28.4. His arm length was 31 inches. His hand size was 9.1 inches. Wingspan was 74.75 inches. Um, 40 yard dash 4.36 guys. That's a quick 40 yard dash for a safety right there, man. Um, as far as his 40-yard dash, he was clocked at 18.7 miles per hour in that 40-yard dash. His 20-yard split was 2.5, uh, 2.58 seconds. His 10-yard split was 1.56. That looks a little low to me right there uh, in the 10-yard split. I could be wrong there. I want to say you're closer to one flat, but um, we'll see here in just a second. Um, bench bench uh, press, 11 reps. That's our obviously 225-pound uh, bench press. He did 11 reps. Vertical leap was 39.5. That seems pretty, pretty stout there, I believe. Um, broad jump, 126 inches, 20 yard shuttle, uh, four point one four uh seconds in the 20 yard shuttles, three coma seven point zero three. So with that 10-yard split, probably showcase more top-end speed than quickness. And and I'm I don't know, I guess I'm boring in this regard. I don't look at the 40-yard dash as more important than the quickness. How often does a guy have to get to full speed? How many times. Did we watch a safety and go, man, if he had top-end speed, he would have made that play? But how many times have we been like, God, he's slow to the point. Why is he chopping down, right? That comes to instincts and quickness, right? So I feel like those are more important when it comes to safety. But um, let's move it along here. So here is uh, his combine grade actually came out to a C, 66 out of a max of 100. His size rating was only 19 of 100. So he was definitely undersized for a safety his speed score was 96 of 100 obviously very very fast in that regard his agility was 54 of 100 his quickness score was actually better than i thought 78 of 100 and his strength score was 30 of 100 so what you're seeing there is top end speed top end speed his quickness is i think you could say average um and his agility though is what really hurt him there on that 10 yard for sure so he, he, you can see it too guys he doesn't he doesn't move he doesn't move well in tight spaces, right? Like how many times did we see it all year long, Tim? We talked about it. How, um, you know, he would kind of break down. It was just like he was he was always just a, a half a step off and making the tackle, what? Yeah,
6: exactly. Or like you said, when uh, you know, there's traffic, he's kind of bouncing off off guys. Sometimes his own teammate, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you highlighted it right there, though, Clayton. Like the importance of you know the difference between you know pure speed and and quickness. And quickness is, you know, a physical attribute, but it, it can also be a mental approach to your game. How how fast are you processing and how quick are you able to get to where you need to go? Um, so certainly something to keep an eye on with with Sav. I mean, all this being said, I'd still I still wouldn't mind another couple of
5: years with him. But uh, time right. will tell. Right. All right. Yeah, it's just, you, you know, you've got. Five years under your belt now, and you kind of look back and go, okay, were there any signs? You know, you can kind of see a little bit of it. Um, as far as the safety success factor, um, faster than a 4.640 yard dash time that checked the box, shuttle drill time of 4.05 or faster. He did not check the box in the shuttle. The three cone drill, uh, faster time of 7.10 or faster, right? He checked the box there. Vertical leap, 36 inches or higher. He checked the box there. So the shuttle drill time is the only box he didn't check. And it kind of makes sense as far as – and it, maybe that's what he's talking about too when Jason Wildey reported that he didn't like how he was being used. He was being used as that safety that rotated into the box, right? Maybe he wants to be that deep that deep center field guy where he's ranging and he's got the speed that he can cover a lot of ground, Jake. if you think that might have been what he was upset about there?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, as you guys are talking, I'm trying to pull up any guys that are similar. Uh, it seems like a lot of safeties struggle with that shuttle drill for whatever reason. Um, is that right? That's a, that's a good point. Is that because um, it, it, like you said, man, it's it's quickness. Most football plays last was it like a few seconds, so mm-hmm. they don't even have enough time to get to a full out sprint. In most you know most plays, and I wonder if that is a big issue for Sav and If that change in, in uh, Halfley's system would be really really beneficial, so maybe I don't know. It could be a complete Night and day situation with him I, I think it'd be good Again, to me It's just going to come down To the money um, yeah. if, it's, if it's below four or Around four Then I think we We'd be stupid To get away from him I think But I, I Definitely yeah. He's got the traits He's got the skills He shows it in pockets
5: Like mm-hmm. And you know it, it doesn't matter What we think Obviously we say it all the time it, it only matters What Goody thinks What value does Goody have on him Goody was willing to pay him Almost eight million dollars Last year Guaranteed Right So that kind of Sets the market where Goody may see the market, but I think now Goody is looking at like, okay, now we have a ton of uh, a ton of competition with Darnell Savage seeing that there's going to be an open market. He's going to be looking at people like Geno Stone and and uh and who is the other guy? Uh Louis Gilman, um some of these other cats that are probably hit the market. Xavier McKinney we're talking about unless he gets franchise tagged, him possibly hitting the market. I mean there's a bunch of guys now that Goody's got to sit back and go, okay, yeah, we could we could get Sav for six million, but what if we go out and get a Lowy Gilman at $4 million, and he played way better than Savage last year. What if we go get a Geno Stone for the same amount of $6.5 million, and his passer rate and when targeted last year was fourth best in the league among safeties.
8: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more.
5: like there's a lot of different factors that come into play in that regard so um yeah I think they got Xavier McKinney's fair market value set at 12 and a half that's the stuff that I'm kind of like on the surface I want to be like "Ah, I don't think we'll spend that much money but you got to go off precedent and remember when Goody signed Adrian Amos he was willing to spend a, a ton of money right so um Mark Zambito in the chat says, "Based on the score, would you draft him in the first Now, Tim, what do you think, man? Based on based on the score, would you would you draft Arnell Savage in the first round? Now,
6: see, that's a that's a great question, right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. What do you? I mean, my gut wants to say no, but you know, I don't know. What do you guys think, Jacob? I think you're, it's are no for me. Yeah, I, I, don't,
5: I don't think he's lived up to a first round talent. No, definitely not you know hindsight's 2020 obviously right Jacob?
1: Yeah. yeah i mean it's easy to see um <laughs> eric uh i was gonna say real quick to you clayton so your guy mr newbin his measurables real quick he's 6-2 he's 210 but he had a shuttle score of 4.44 and okay. which is only in the six percentile i mean so it's it's tough to find guys that can actually move around like like savage does because a lot of the guys too it's that shuttle it's
5: and i think the big, i think the big thing too though with uh with savage not doing well in the shuttle there right is because his size like he should be able to do the shuttle right because he he wasn't six you know what i'm saying like so when we look at his ras card right here obviously his his height there at 510 right um he's undersized so imagine with eric Newman, his size is going to be off the charts he's probably going to be in the green right there right so his ras is going to be much higher there what's his weight jacob do you have a Nubin's weight playing weight? Ten. Oh yeah, so his weight—he's going to hit green, green in the bench press. I imagine with six, you know, six two a little bit more weight. He's probably a little bit stronger, I would imagine. So if he gets to fifteen reps and he can raise it up into the five or six, you know what I'm saying? Then you're probably going to see that checked off in the green. The question is going to be what's going to be his forty yard dash, his twenty yard split, his ten yard split, the shuttle, like you said. So Savage did have a decent shuttle at eight point two, right? It was his three cone that was bad here. So. Um, and the three cone does determine agility. So it, basically, if you were to remove the name, remove everything we know about Savage, okay? you would say, okay here's here here's a guy who's got a <laughs> got a great 40 yard dash, right? He's very, very fast top in speed. He's pretty quick too, right? A little bit undersized, 5'10", 198, and uh, he's just lacking agility though he doesn't he doesn't move. you know, one of the things that's most most underrated, I think when 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 fans like us, are looking at at prospects, is balance, man, and especially contact balance. Balance is so, so important in the game of football. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll kind of see. But, again, that's how Savage's measurables kind of shook out. We got anything in the chat we need to hit on, guys? If not, I got a quick video. Eric Sutherland. (laughs) Eric Sutherland says, I'm trusting you, Jacob, or Tim, whoever put it up there. That's told my wife, <laughs> I told my wife she's on the last year of her deal, and I'm on the fence about re-signing her to a new one. Lord <laughs> have mercy.
6: And then oh, Deadfish, Lord. Deadfish says, Go and try that one, see how it flies. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. And then Black Monday will hit for uh for Eric and he'll be looking for a job, right? he'll be, he'll be looking for a looking for a pillow is what he'll be looking for. <laughs> um yeah, so we got a quick video from Packers.com, um, three things, and it's three things from two guys this time. I think it's Mike Spofford and Larry McCarron. They're live down there at the combine, so they cut a quick video just kind of talking about the combine. And, and to me, it sets the stage from the Packers' perspective. Obviously, Mike Spofford, just a stand-up classy dude that covers the Packers, and Larry McCarron's the GOAT, just an absolute legend, former center for the Packers, got the pinky dangling at all times. That's right, Tim. So here we go. Awesome. Here's I think this is three things from the combine.
2: Hey, everybody, if my math is correct, we have two guys with three things. And Mike, you are up.
9: Well, Larry, we are here in Indianapolis for the NFL scouting combine. And I was told many moons ago by some really smart people in the Packers personnel department how to understand this event. And what it is, is a piece of the larger scouting pie that is put together on every player that might be considered in the draft. You have all the game film from college. You have the campus visits the scouts make. You have the all-star games, you know, the senior bowl, that kind of stuff. You have the scouting combine as a piece of the pie, and then you have the pro days and all of that afterwards. So when you look at it that way, it's not the be-all, end-all. It's an important piece as to what goes on leading up to the draft.
2: Mike and folks at home, I look at the combine as more or less the unofficial start of next season. I mean, we've heard everybody grades, everybody's grades on the 2023 season, and we've heard it ad nauseum. Everybody's had their say. Everybody's made their judgments, but now it is officially time to move on. The other thing, Mike, I think it is a tremendous test of the talent and process in a team's personnel department. Because you look at it, and everybody's getting the same stuff. Mm -hmm. The same measurements, the same drills, the same numbers. But when it comes down to using it, that's the key. That's the talent, and that's the process. And if you look at the Green Bay Packers recent draft, the Packers personnel department led by Goody it is knocking it out of the park. And that says a lot about the talent within that group. It is a team within a team. The talent within that group and the process they go to, go through, they're just nailing.
9: Yeah, absolutely. And when you talk about what goes on here at the Combine, sometimes the, the most important pieces are the stuff with the the least amount of media coverage right it's the interviews and the medical checks that are really important as they build the whole profile around a player and that's a really important thing that goes on here that maybe doesn't get as much uh, glitz and glamour as all of the running and the drills and the testing that'll start right here at lucas Oil stadium behind us on thursday
2: and i think that's three things if my math is correct see you next time
5: all right, so three things uh, there from uh, Packers.com. They always, always do an excellent job. I love the comments too, everybody. You guys are just cold, man, cold hearted. Every, everybody like this. Master hand says, Spoff looks cold AF. <laughs> That's right. Mark says, this picture looks like it's at Lambeau Field. You trying to say there's a conspiracy? They wasn't actually at the combine? Whoa, whoa. I don't know, man. You never know, dude. Uh, we'll be talking about the moon landing here pretty soon. Um, Jacob busts in the chest. Hey, grab a hold of my strong hand. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get the voice to crack enough. Your hand. It's my you getting. guys haven't seen scary movie too. I don't know. You've been living under a rock, man. You got to watch that movie. It'll offend some of you younger folks nowadays. Oh, yeah. I promise you that. But, well, what doesn't, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if it does offend you, if it really does offend you, I just want you to know this right here.
9: I'm here to tell you right now.
5: We don't care. Let me tell you. Right, let me tell you, <laughs> we, we don't, don't care. care. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> <This> <laughs> see here, I seen the comments and wasn't seeing who was posting. It was Jacob being toxic in here, dude. Right, Look at guys. this. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Which one was big? <laughs> This is probably the best. Who owe for this? Larry McCarron and Mike Spofford equals pinky in the brain. <laughs> all right. Enough pinky hate in here. All right. Oh. Gonna, we'll be getting uh, – we're getting butchered for that later on for sure. Um, So we got that. Now, someone in the chat had posted about Hicks. I may have unmarked it.
1: God. I've got his measurables right in front of me because I didn't, I didn't get to look at Jaden Hicks yet. He was going to be the next guy I was. He's 6'3". It's the 91st uh, percentile. He's 212. He's got a 40 of 4.59, and he ran the shuttle in 4.07. That's the 83rd percentile. And then he's got a decent hurt at uh, 30, basically around 35.
5: And for those of you wondering, the consensus big board right now has um, Hicks sitting at 91. He peaked at 83. Now, again, that's just a consensus big board. Um, If we went consensus mock drafts, let's see if he is on here anywhere. We're looking for Hicks. Give me just Uh, one second?
1: NFL buzz has got him projected as a mid-fourth round projection. They've got him overall ranked at 107. So that's, yeah. Little bit, of game
5: rating. you got it, yeah, and then we've got uh, let's see right here, let me pop this in here, full screen, let me zoom in for you guys too. This is his PFF card, um, make sure you guys can y'all see that okay, yep, yep. All right, so you got Jaden Hicks, um, like I said, Jacob says six three two twelve. he's going to be in the green. Right, with the height and the weight, obviously. He's young too. Redshirt sophomore, which would technically make him a junior. So what is he? Probably 23 years old, something like that, Jacob. Do you know do you know his age? Uh twenty two, twenty-three. So he shouldn't be twenty-four, I wouldn't imagine. So um, regardless. Uh 2021, 46.5. These are his PFF grades. 2022, 66.0, 2023, 76.6. So big all you've seen is improvement the entire time, right? And when we look at his snap allotment here, um, he it looks like he's played in the box the majority of the time. So he's probably not going to be that, that center field safety, right, that post safety that's going to play um, that deep middle third in a cover three or a cover one man look. Um, uh, he can. He has played deep, right, 200 snaps. But he was in the box 456, but he also played the slot 103. So he's got a little bit of versatility there. Um, just kind of looking at some of his grades, his coverage grade, 83.0. So if he's playing rat or playing spinner or playing robber, meaning that safety that rotates down into the box and kind of plays that mid inline zone. I mean, he's he's doing well there in short, you know, tight spaces there with an 83.0 uh, coverage grade. His run defense, not that good, right? 65.3. That's below the median uh, The mark. His forced incompletion rate, though, 12.9%. That's above average. His missed tackle rate is right there at 14.7%, close to average. His average depth of run tackle low is pretty poor. So what you're seeing is great cover guy, poor tackler, right, poor run defender, and uh, a guy that's, uh, like I said, can play play a little bit of slot, play in the box the majority of the time. Anytime a box defender doesn't tackle well, ugh it's a hard sell for me. You know what I'm saying, guys? Do you, do you, agree with that Jacob or am I missing something there, man? Yeah. Like
1: I said, what really impressed me about watching the tape on those other guys was just their ability to come in and lay some freaking thunder. Uh, but it, I mean, if you look at those grades too, it's a little interesting. He goes like, he's coming out of the gate with nineties two nineties. And then it has that 38. I mean, can you scroll down a little bit? Is that kind of a pattern of his that he's very up and down? Yeah, it looks like yeah. it.
5: Okay. Yeah, it kind of does, man. Um, okay. Some Again, yeah, against, in there, yeah. Against the Beavers, he uh, he screwed the pooch there against the Beavers. No pun intended. Um,
8: 38, <laughs> pretty bad right there, boys. That's pretty bad. So,
5: yeah, he's 21. 21 um, years, you
8: found that, Jacob? Because
6: I can't, I couldn't find his age anywhere. All, I, it's hard. I, I wouldn't, that he's, yeah. he's born in Las Vegas. That's all I can find. <laughs>
1: yeah, honestly, I'm just assuming he's 21 based on all the the. Accolades of his career through Wikipedia. Yeah, it's weird. That's what I'm talking about. There's so many weird little stats for whatever reason you can't find on guys, and it's like I just want this combine. Like Larry was talking about, everything's all same. Everybody's using the same measurables, and everybody's yeah. like, because you know. I know it's it's a common thing that guys back in the day used to fluff about, like, hey, I'm I'm actually five eleven when they're walking around at five eight. You know what I mean? And yeah. then you'd get stage, yeah. you'd be like,
6: he's son of a. <laughs> I don't care how old he is, as long as he can tackle, right?
5: That's a big thing, man. Like, just, just, we need to limit the explosives, man. We've talked about it over and over and over all year long. That was the big thing that was wrong with this Packers defense. And, and the explosives came from blown coverages and missed tackles. You know, as we show the chart again, Green Bay finished with 47 explosive run uh, plays allowed, 58 in the passing game. They finished in the bottom third at 105 total uh, explosive plays allowed. Now, when you climb up to a defense that we're trying to start running now, like San Francisco, I think that Roberts – or, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan's defense, probably similar to what Jeff Hafley's going to try to do. You know, him and Kyle Shanahan are on the same page as far as how defenses are supposed to be ran. Now, they've got a bunch of dogs, dude. Uh, Let's not sit here and pretend like we've got a a Fred Warner playing middle linebacker for us. Let's not pretend like we have a a Nick Bosa, right, Um, as it sits right now anyway. Um, If you go down to the New York Jets, that's Robert Sala. They are kind of – they're in the top third, but a little bit closer to the middle of the pack with 89 explosive plays allowed. They allowed far fewer um, uh, explosive plays in the air as they did on the ground, obviously, but they're a more aggressive defense, it seems like. Now, they only bring four, but when I say aggressive, man, they they go after the ball carrier. They're either going to – they're either going to, you know, get the tackle for a loss or they're going to give up a pretty big run. It seems like it's how their philosophy works as far as a run. They're very, very aggressive. And that's what Packer fans have wanted. So we'll see how that shakes out um, in the near future here too. Let's do this. Let's, uh, is there anything else in the chat we need to hit on here? Um, got a couple of them stars, don't we? Let's see here. Randy Cleaver said, I think we can get him at around five a year if we bring him back. Um, talking about Savage. Yeah, talking about Sav. Yeah. Uh, Five a year, I'm okay with, man. You're, you're shaving off almost $3 million off of what you paid for him last year. I would be okay with that. You got someone who's familiar with the facility. He's obviously a big locker room guy. People like him. The coaches like him. Um, but, again, he hits the market, man. I think somebody's going to want to offer him a little bit. I don't know, though, man. The fair market value is set at $5 million, And I, I keep having to revert back to him. We've talked about it all year. SpoTrack has been spot on it, dude. Like, they're saying five million. It's probably going to be around five million. So, um, yeah. And let's see here. Too young for this. Says as younger folk, I'm offended that you think I'm offended by everything. <laughs> love <laughs> it. Absolutely love. It. All right, cool. Um, let's see uh, what else we got in here. Where is Amelia? Amelia in the chat? Yeah, it's in the chat. Oh, man. Sandbagging. <laughs> Sandbagging over here, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> If he does hop in there, he's going to look like he's been smoking the the, the devil's lettuce. I promise you that. His eyes are going to be yeah, like, this, he's going to be half asleep trying to get the coffee going. But uh, probably, you. Get, I, I'd say Emilio's catching these thunderstorms down there in Knoxville, too. He ain't working today. He ain't, I don't know who he's fooling. But, um, the uh, Rashawn Gary contract, let's talk about it real quick. Just a little bit of housekeeping, okay? So, Spotrack released what they think is the accurate depiction of his new contract, and we talked about exactly what they did. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. Base salary and roster bonus converted to signing bonus is how you free up cap room, right? Um, look at his base salary for 2024 now, $1.1 <laughs> right? Uh, look at his roster bonus. It's not even showing now. OK, now, if you if you climb down to well, first of all, his cap hit in 2024 now has dropped all the way down to 11.1 million against the cap. OK, so that's where his cap hit sits in 2024 now. And then if you go down to contract notes, 2024 roster bonus, 6.2 million. OK, converted to signing bonus. So he took. Roster bonus of $6.2 million and converted it to a signing bonus. And, again, they freed up something like $4.7 million against the cap this year. So how does that put the uh, Packers' salary cap situation? Now we climbed, I think, a couple of spots here. We're now 21st. We're just below the league average, but we're sitting right now with $17.2 million in cap space. Now, obviously, that does not include um, the, uh, the draft class, and there's still going to be some June 1st type stuff. That's going to come come into effect where well, they'll have to free up some more cap room. But the point is, we're in much much better shape uh, with the salary cap than we were last year. There's no doubt about that. So, huh? Take it- yeah, they just out here. Uh, Russ Ball just out here, you know, working the numbers a little bit. And listen, this this isn't nothing crazy. Hopefully, listening to this podcast, you guys have uh, have kind of come to to understand like I did the last few years because I used to be that guy like I don't like this. We need to we need to have 60 million under the cap to, for me to feel safe. And like that this isn't like working magic. Cash over cap is very simple. 90% of the time it's taking base salary or roster bonus and converting it to signing bonus. You're signing a check, putting it in the hands of the player. And now you can take that signing bonus and spread it out over the duration of the contract. So with Rashawn Gary's contract, like we said, you can spread it out over 25, 26, and 27. Notice they didn't put any voidable years on. We haven't heard anything about voidable years. That's a good thing. So um, as far as the cap hit, the cap hit this year is 11.1. Next year it jumps to 25.5, okay? Um, 2026, 28 million. 2027, 31 million. I don't have the comps across the league, but I promise you there's edge rushers getting paid way more than that against the cap. Right. So you're going to what will end up happening is as Gary gets a little bit closer to the age of 30. Let's fast forward to 2026. He's now 29 years old and you're trying to make a decision. Is he someone we want to keep past 30? Right. Is he is he continuing to perform? Is he continuing with the pressure rate? All those things. Let's now look at the dead cap attached. When you get to 2026, his cap hit is 28 million. Okay. when you get to when you look at the dead cap, it's 17 million. So what's that tell you? You can free up. What is that? 11 million guys? Am I thinking right? Yeah. 11 million. So you could free up $11 million just by cutting him out right after 2026. And then when you get to 2027, let's say he makes it to that point and you're like, okay, we're going to keep him through 2026. When you get to 2027, his cap hit is 31 million, but his dead cap is only 8.5. So look how much you can free up right there. I mean, that's a ton of money you can free up. So that's how Goody, that's how Russ Ball and these guys, they work the cap. And when you get on the backside of that contract, this is why players hold out and they want that guaranteed money. This is why players jump on the restructure of getting the signing bonus because when you when you sign someone to a four-year deal, what do I always say, Tim? A four-year deal is really just a two- or a three-year deal, isn't it? Yep. You avoid wow. yours for sure. It's all about the guaranteed money. So um, he's set to be an unrestricted free agent at the age of 31. I think Goody set the timeline up absolutely perfect. There's still people that, that, that hate that they sign Rash- Rashawn Gary because he doesn't have more sacks because they love, they love playing Madden and they love fantasy football. It ain't just about the sacks. It's about how you set an edge. It's about how you're affecting the quarterback with pressure rate. Right? That's the number one thing. I hope he comes out this year and gets 19, 20 sacks and shuts all these idiots up. That's just me personally. Because Rashawn Gary has been a leader on this defense, battled through the ACL, fought his ass off. And and to see, you know, players, I mean, fans literally, literally insinuating that he got his bag and now he doesn't care, that ticks me off, dude. Because I don't think you're going to find another Packer that, that carries the G better than Rashawn Gary. Man, that dude is a workhorse. So anybody disagree with that? Jacob, Tim, you guys got anything to add to that as far as how this contract lays out?
1: No, if anything, I think uh, people that like to, you know, what moan online and stuff. I To me, this is like a, kind of a, a brilliant way to, to structure a contract. Like you said, you get to that 2026 and 2027. It's if he's playing out of his mind then we can talk to him about restructuring and adding years. But right now, it's like you said, if, if he's absolute booty cheeks at that point you save yourself quite a lot of money uh especially like in the uh, 2027 and 26 so i think to me it's it's a great way of doing things and if you bring up that other um stat or chart that shows where we are that's only restructuring what now two people's contracts where we had a total of around 10 so i'm we could maybe be upwards of i would say 20 or 30 mil over the cap or under the cap i should say if that shakes Mm -hmm. out so i don't know i don't think it's out of the um out of the possibility that we do make a free agent signing. I know somebody, uh, Reef, is talking about,
5: let's go get Winfield Jr. I don't know if I want to spend that kind of money, but. Um, yeah, my money. big thing with Winfield, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with overpaying for great, and he is great. The problem with Winfield, in my opinion, is he's probably going to get franchise tagged, and, and we still yeah. got a little bit of this franchise tag period going, right? Like when we look at it here, let me try to try to cipher through this. What What is the date that the franchise tag has to be in? Um, Prior to 4 p.m. New York time deadline for clubs to designate the franchise or transition players. So March 5th, we're sitting at February 27th. So if Antoine Winfield doesn't have a franchise tag on him by March 5th, four o'clock Eastern time, New York time, then yeah, he's going to hit the market. And then I, I, I'm okay for I'm okay overpaying for great. I'm not okay overpaying for good. Um, but with that being said, Jacob, I know what you're saying too, man. People could bid us out of that market. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's going to be someone. There's going to be a bad franchise that overpays for, you know, players this whole offseason. He could be one of those players, and and if it gets out of control, then I would rather have two good players than one great player, too. I'd rather have a roster full of guys that are just solid players rather than top-heavy, one or two superstars, and everyone else's booty cheeks because the cap's out of hand. Right. So it did work out with Adrian Amos, not that he was on Antoine Winfield's level. I don't think that's that was the case at all but with Amos, man. That was a good signing by Goody, for sure, being aggressive right off the bat. Um, all right, let's do this a uh, little bit. of. Well, let, let me go to the chat. I think you guys have one marked here. Uh, Ron samville says, did we talk about uh, the new assistant offensive line coach? I wasn't going to bring it up, Ron, because, you know, I mean, I don't want to say it's not important, but. You know, an assistant offensive line coach, not a huge, huge deal. Do you guys got that name by by chance? Jacob, Tim, do you guys have that handy? If not, we'll look it up. Yeah, we'll
6: Eddie, go. Eddie Gordon. Eddie Gordon. From, from UAB.
5: Okay, so he comes from UAB, which is kind of odd, isn't it? Like it's a smaller school, if I'm thinking right, UAB. Um, not one of the more popular. Why did they find him? Why did they pick him? You know, any idea, Tim, you see any hints there as to why they locked him? They I'm really looking him. at
6: the his write-up here. He was a member of Georgia's staff, so back-to-back national champion, Holy. 21 and 22. So okay, um, he was hired as UAB's uh, offensive line coach January of last year. So just one season with UAB um, after a couple in Georgia.
5: So got it. So on the surface, looks like small school. Why? Tim does a little digging. You see he's... Down there with a couple of natties, right? So, uh, yeah, there you go. Good stuff, Ron. Appreciate you bringing it up, buddy. I'm glad. I'm glad you did. If you guys want to talk about it, we'll talk about it. We'll mention it. I just, you know, sometimes I get hate mail because we talk about, you know, what what we consider as small stuff. <laughs> so I I tried to stay away from it a little bit. But you guys steer the ship here on Good Morning Lambo for sure. Um, all right, let's see here. Let's do this uh, little bit of cross division talk, if you will. DJ Moore. Um, this is JPA football. Who? Um, oh, exactly correct. <laughs> they said trending. Bears wide receiver DJ Moore says that none of the top quarterbacks in this year's draft class can compare to Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. So think about this. We know someone put a tweet out earlier in the year that said, I don't want Caleb Williams as my quarterback or whatever the Bears. And Caleb Williams liked that tweet. Like, if yeah. it's his way of going. i seen that
6: right he, he don't want to be a bear either it, it's no what it way. Feels
5: like and but i'm not spreading rumors okay but we on this show we try not to let the truth get in the way of a good story all right you know what i'm saying so <laughs> the, fact that, <laughs> the fact that dj moore um has come out and basically said hey all these rookie quarterbacks they don't even compare to justin fields if there was a little bit of hesitance right with uh with caleb williams not wanting to go to chicago he's probably sitting back oh okay then screw you this is gonna be my number one wide receiver like maybe he does buck a little bit before the draft and we got a lot of time guys it's february 27 we we got what all of march and basically all of april so we got two months for this to heat up if i'm the bears gm right now if i'm ryan poles i'm sitting there going would y'all please shut the heck up and let me handle this (laughs) but here's the quote i still it says quote I still don't think they compare to Justin right now. The relationship jailed real well from the beginning, Moore said, about forming a bond with Fields following a trade from Carolina last offseason. Since I got traded, he was in contact, and we started throwing together. So it made the transition into games and everything easy. So he's going to bat for Justin Fields. Is Justin Fields – he's still under contract for one year. Am I thinking right, guys? I believe so, Excellent. Yes. So he's got one year left on his deal. So they could trade him. I know there's been potential trade talks uh, kind of, you know, been rumored out there and all that. What do you guys think about this? Am I off base there, Jacob? You think uh, DJ Moore speaking out like this, it, Ryan Poles can't be happy about it, right?
1: Oh, no, but I am. It's uh wonderful to watch. <laughs> now, what was that quote? Like, never uh, intervene when your enemy's making a mistake or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I just, I'm eating popcorn. I'm letting these dudes, like, every now and then I'll be like, yeah, you said your mom's ugly too. Just whisper something in there. And <laughs> just stir the pot a little bit. And, uh, I mean, here's the thing, though, is the Bears are going to bear. So they're going to do something. Whatever they do is going to be the wrong decision just by nature of the laws of the universe. So if they do decide to get rid of Fields, Fields is going to go somewhere else. Somebody's going to tweak him a little bit, and he's going to end up being like a, I don't know, he'll win a few like playoff games kind of thing, and he'll end up making the Bears fans wish they had him again. Or if they keep him, he's going to poop the bed, tear an ACL, everything's going to suck kill billings is going to go wherever else. And he's going to end up being an MVP quarterback. And if somehow they do what something else and they go with maybe like a Drake may or something crazy like that, then that dude's going to suck. He'll break his leg. So yeah, right. I see no situation whatsoever where Packer fans need to worry about this other than just enjoying
6: it and laughing like an evil villain.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <Please laughs> wait, Tim.
6: I, I think we're talking about the bears and I could care less. So
5: <laughs> who, Exactly. <laughs> Love it, man. Um, Yeah,
6: things could be a lot worse. I could be a Bears fan.
5: <laughs> it could. You're right. You're right, John. It could. Um, Let's see here. I, I like what 20 for this says. Caleb Williams paid DJ Moore to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Please do yeah. a little bit of that NIO money, right? You sure um,
10: about that? Yeah.
5: <laughs> All right. Let's do this, man. We've been holding the history segment for some time now. Let's roll this out. We'll react to it real quick, and uh, and we'll get you guys and gals out of here. We'll, we'll still plan on doing a, a PTA live tonight. I'm feeling a lot better, so we should be back to two episodes a day at least for a few days. As we get into deeper in the off season, it will go to just one show a day. But uh, uh, here lately, we've been just I've been trying to. I didn't want to get on here all cough syruped up. Slurring my words, you know what I'm saying? Um, and be put in the class of some other podcasters that like to <laughs> get crappy on the air. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this is uh, from the Packers Legacy documentary. And this is kind of around the time that World War II is hit. And you're going to hear a little bit about Don Hudson, too. But this really puts things into perspective. Um, you know, we made the joke earlier about, you know, people being offended by everything. And, you know, I'm over here complaining because I had the flu for the last three days. Think about being 18 years old. Or in some cases, kids lying about their age, 15, 16 years old, lying, saying they're 18 so they can go fight for their country and battle that Nazi regime back in World War II. And just, uh, I mean, it was it was the greatest generation for a reason. Uh, We always refer to them as that. Like I said, they're the reason we're able to sit here and do just a stupid little podcast about football. But it's kind of cool to see how World War II tied into Packers history. And many people don't know that there was actually a Packers player, Smiley Johnson, that lost his life in World War II. So uh, we'll hear about it right here. Again, this is from the Packers Legacy documentary. You can find it for free on the Packers YouTube page or YouTube channel. Make sure you go give it a like. Go share it all over Twitter. Let's get more Packer fans aware of this awesome documentary done by Packers.com. Here we go.
3: 1942. The United States is at war every community affected. The Green Bay Press Gazette is riddled with stories from the front.
10: NFL uh, was greatly affected by World War II because of how many people, personnel, had to go into service. Some, of course, volunteered but
8: some were drafted right out of school, taken out of their senior year.
10: Some teams
1: merged during the war years just to be able to survive. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh merged. And they were called the Steagles, and they played together oh, one year. And then in 44, the Cardinals merged with the Steelers, and they were called the Card Pit.
3: 35 Packers are active players when they are called to serve. If you
10: get drafted, or you're part of a reserve unit or the National Guard and you're getting called
3: up, you are going to go. Among them, Packers back Tony Canadeo, Drafted by Green Bay in 1941, he plays only three games of the 44 championship season and misses all of the 45 season while serving.
10: My son was born, I came home on furlough. And that's the only reason I played the three games. I wouldn't have played three games if we didn't fake my wife having relapses. And they called me back and say they needed me. And I I was playing for the Packers. I could have cried all the way back to Fort Bliss when I had to go back.
7: He was a very durable halfback, um, multifunctional. Um, he could run, he could pass, he could block, he could throw.
3: One of those players well respected by his teammates because of what a fierce competitor he was.
7: Only the third player in NFL history to rush for 1,000 yards.
0: All the desire in the world, a real pleasure to watch him run with the ball. On top of that, one of the finest fellows you ever met in your life.
10: Football is not going to be the main thing in your life. Serving your country is going to be the main thing. There was consideration
3: given to canceling the seasons. The league didn't, but they lost a lot of players. A lot of over-the-hill veterans were called back. The league was just desperate for players.
10: How are you going to be uh, the same team you were if you lose a number of your main you know, people?
3: Howard Smiley Johnson, a guard in 1940 and 41, is a second lieutenant with the 23rd Marines. Killed on active duty in Iwo Jima at the age of 28, he is the only Packers casualty of World War II. He dies a hero. The recipient of two silver stars the guys that came back from that war regardless of where it was in this country
10: knew they were the luckiest people in the world
4: they worked hard but they also had learned how to party hard because they didn't know if they'd still be there the next day they had seen the worst that humanity can offer their outlet was family work fun and it was also the green bay packers
3: Despite losing players to the war and a constantly changing landscape on the field, Don Hudson excels at his game.
10: He was fast, but he, he didn't run full speed all the time. A defensive back play him close, and pretty soon he put it on and pass you by. My rookie year, I'll never forget getting ready for this guy called Don Hudson. Some runners, receivers, have strides that are harder to judge as far as pace goes, and he sort of ran skating along. And then he gave me a little extra speed, a little extra move, and while he was running in there for touchdown land, I started to jog to the bench because I knew I was going to end up right there.
3: When people talk about the greatest Packer ever, people today would put Hudson at the top of the list among the early Packers.
7: His best season, one of the two years that he won the MVP, he had 74 receptions for 1,211 yards and 17 touchdowns.
1: 74 catches, the guy in second place, Pop he had 27.
10: He had two great passers before I came up throwing the ball at him, Arnie Herber and uh, Cecil Isbell. And then I came from a smaller school and it took a while to calm down you felt embarrassed when you threw it over his head or
0: something like that.
4: Third down for the Packers, still two yards to go.
10: For
0: Russ the Winnie. Game. He was the Packer voice from 1929 to 1946.
4: Signals called in the open. The ball goes back to Herbert. Herbert fades off to the left. He throws a pass to Hudson. Hudson takes it in the end zone. It's complete for a touchdown. And the Packers
0: win. I can remember Russ saying time and time again Ladies and gentlemen, I'm I, I apologize, I know I keep saying this, but I don't know how Don Hudson caught that ball. How did he catch it? I was fast enough. Hmm. I ran the uh, sprints in, up on the track team in college. And I could catch the ball uh, from the time I started in high school. The fundamentals seemed to come natural to me. There's a sports
10: writer that called Don Hudson the Babe Ruth of football. That's a pretty high compliment.
3: Be part of the Packers' success when they win championships in 1936, 39, and 44. He makes big plays, catches touchdown passes. He was a one-of-a-kind end.
7: You could argue that he's perhaps the, one of the great players of NFL history. In
3: 1941, Don Hudson is named the winner of the NFL's Most Valuable Player Award, which carries with it the Joe F. Carr Trophy. It is an honor repeated in 1942.
0: When he was the most valuable player in the league, I wrote him a letter congratulating him, and he answered me, so I have a personal letter from Don Hudson. Thanks, Jack, glad to hear that the boys at St. Norbert are behind me. That was a short letter. The guy did everything, and he had a terrific game. They played in Milwaukee. They played the Detroit Lions.
4: The, The Packers, early in the second quarter of that game, they were down seven to nothing at halftime. They were leading 41 to seven. They'd scored 41 unanswered points. And they went on to win the game 57 to 21. And Don Hudson, the great Don Hudson, caught four touchdown passes and kicked five extra points, among those 41 points in the second quarter. I talked to Gus DeRay, who was a head coach, and I had lines after the game, and he said, I'll give it to you in three words, too much, Hudson. He played 11
7: NFL seasons, eight He led the NFL in receptions, seven times he led the NFL in receiving yards, and five times he led the overall league in scoring. His records, 488 catches, almost 8,000 yards receiving, 99 receiving touchdowns. Those records weren't broken for, for decades.
4: When he retired from the game, he was the leading scorer in the history of professional football, the leading receiver in the history of professional football, and a second-leading interceptor in the history of professional football with 30 interceptions as a defensive back. And he also kicked short-range field goals and extra points. Aside from that, he didn't do too much.
5: I love it. Aside from that, he didn't do too much. Freaking goat. Yeah, Don Hudson, dude, just unbelievable. The people, I love numbers him. like
6: that when they were playing. I mean, those are modern-day NFL numbers. Right. In, a, in an era where the game was different, They I mean the seasons were shorter.
5: The ball looked like a the ball looked like
6: a basketball. Like
5: (laughs) Yeah. And people there's still fans out there that are go, oh, well, they couldn't do that today. You bet me. You 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 talking about guys who like Tony Canadeo who had to leave off for war and and then come, you know what I'm saying? Like, get away from me with that crap. What are you talking about? These guys were absolute dogs back in the day, man. Um, Tony Canadeo, an unsung hero, too. I forgot that he was a part of that clip. I think he was referred to as the the gray ghost of Gonzaga. His hair went white when he was in his 20s, right? He just turned gray and uh, just one of the most, you know, the fiercest uh, ball carriers. But, again, back to the World War II stuff, Smiley Johnson, um, you know, someone – one of, you know, so many men and women that sacrificed their life for our country. Uh, It's just – there's nothing else you can say. You shouldn't even try to say anything because uh, it's the the ultimate debt that they paid. you know, for all of us that are sitting here, like I said, talking about this silly little game of football. Um, and, all and-
6: gave some, some gave all.
5: Don Hudson, dude. <laughs> Just a dog, an absolute dog. What do you think about those numbers, Jacob? I mean, that's crazy. Would he be so, on your fantasy team? <laughs> he would be
1: on my fantasy team for sure. <laughs> Did you uh- – <laughs> I can't stop reading the chat.
6: You guys are crazy. They out of oh, I've a couple of gems out there. They're they're yes, all set yes. up for you, Clayton. Let's see it.
5: Paul Robertson says Eric Eric Sutherland <laughs> runs like Don Hudson when McDonald's bring back the McRib sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course AFAM jumps in and says Paul froths froths his own espresso. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Paul Robertson comes back and says AFAM has his homemade chili recipe encrypted on a special laptop.
8: <laughs> I tried this one chili and it set my mouth on fire and I had to drink a two liter of Mountain Dew.
5: All right, we're getting out of here right now. Eric Sutherland knows he's on me, man. He says, Clayton, all, all, all great drink up. Got that purple drink. That's right, that lean. Some that of you lean. know what I'm talking that about. Uh, uh-huh. Sipping on my Sizzurp. Uh Number one Packer fan says, Clay got a cup <laughs> a cup full of mud sitting sideways in the pickup truck. You're know, you <laughs> be broadcasting the, the podcast live from a pickup truck out here in the countryside. Oh, be, be something else, it? All right. Parting thoughts, Jacob. I can't believe you let this damn thing go off the rails right as we ended, man.
1: I tell you what, uh, man, I'm just I'm excited for uh, the measurables and all that stuff to get going on Thursday. What do we just got? One more, two more sleeps, and then we got ourselves some uh, football again. And like Larry said, it kind of is kind of like the official start of that new season. I mean, I know we, you guys were right literally, I think the day after we lost, you started the turn the page and we started the season over. But I think this is kind of like one of those. First, tangible, you know, things you can mark on your calendar to really say like, hey, this is the start of the new year. Um, And you guys, it's fun. Each year, I feel like we're getting more and more educated, like as to what to expect. And we're not wasting time because this time last year, I wasn't ready for the combine. I didn't have any sort of stuff already prepared. I'm already like, you know, weeks ahead of where I was last year. So if you guys are doing the same thing, watch the combine, chart your own stuff, fill out your own RAS cards. You can do that at the RAS.com or something like that. It's kind of fun make your own spreadsheets and stuff and one of these guys is going to be our next packer so
6: let's get excited about it
5: definitely tim what you got bo i'm i'm with jacob
6: you know combines here before you know it and you know the draft's going to be here before we know it too it Um, is good time to be a fan um you know this is kind of like um new territory to for me you know i've i've never been this prepared before so uh I'm, i'm happy to be here and uh I'm learning every day, and I just appreciate you guys. I I learn more than you guys know uh, from you two, especially. So, uh, thank you, and uh, looking forward to uh, more shows and uh, some more coverage, man. We're yeah, getting there.
5: The reason we called the channel Packers Total Access is we wanted to approach it from the perspective of what is the team focused on right now. It you know you see tweet after tweet. If you go on to Twitter, and it's like, oh, I miss the Packers. I'm so the Packers are still here. They're working their rear ends off right now behind the scenes to get the the 2024 Packers ready to go. Don't be lazy. Jump in, man. And, and again, we're, we're learning stuff every day. That's the whole purpose of the way we're attacking the off season is by trying to present content that, that, you know, topics and things that the team is focused on right now, it forces you to learn the ins and outs of the game. And that's the whole purpose. What's going to happen next too. And I think I've got it right here. um, Obviously, When we get past the combine March 5th, right? You got the franchise deadline, right? It says during this, during the period beginning at 12 noon, uh, New York time um, it says uh, on March 13th clubs are permitted to contact and enter into contract negotiations with certified agents of players who will become unrestricted free agents upon their expiration. Then March 11th through March 13th, during the above two day negotiating period, a perspective on, unrestricted free agent who is not represented by an NFL PA certified contract advisor is permitted to communicate directly with the team. So that's what's awesome is like free agency is going to crank up right after the combine and free agency is going to carry us through the NFL draft. And it sounds like number one Packer fan said, good is talking to the national media right now. We're over on time. I got to go. I guess what tonight, what we're going to be doing tonight is talking about Goody's comments that he made to the media at the combine.
6: So we'll Goody's on there right now saying. Who do you think you are? I am.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing. I just need him to get up there and say this. I don't listen to much Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> That's all I need. I just need confirmation there. I guarantee you Goody was listening to this in the hotel room before he went out to meet with the media, too.
6: It's John Deere Green. On a hot summer night, he rode Billy Bob Love Charlene.
5: I can't believe we have never been hit with a copyright for that.
1: because <laughs> they're like, <laughs> that's so not
5: true. <laughs> well, they do find it. The channel is going to get banned because they're going to go back and find every time that we play it. <laughs> anyway. All right, we're out of here, guys. We'll see you tonight for PTA Live. We'll talk about uh, Goody's comments that he made today um, that he's making right now. So let's hop off here and go catch his presser live. I'll try to get some clips put on YouTube or on Twitter for you guys in real time as far as some of the stuff that he's uh, – He's kind of hitting on there at that presser. So, Tim, Jacob, this was a lot of fun, man. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you all tonight for PTA Live. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go, Pat, go.